children can go to children's church we got any kids today if not let's just all go to children's church that'll be fun 
Now, some of our children, some of our children's church folks have gone to Talladega. Apparently, something's going on in Talladega this weekend. I don't know. Uh, thank you. May be seated. Uh, this is our time of prayer, and um, while I'm praying, I'm going to be praying that I, I have someone who will volunteer to be an usher after this and pass the, the plates around for us because it's also our time to give. Uh, you can submit your prayer request to us by emailing us, fumc at fumcgaston.org. You can write it down on a card. You can give it to us, put it in the offering plate. Uh, there's so many different ways that you can tell us what's on your heart. We also love to hear celebrations. We like to hear about the birth of new babies. We have, um, we, we're always having roses on the altar, and I apologize for not knowing who these, um, these roses are for. Can you tell me? Okay. This is for Harrison James Wade, and the other one is um, in memory of James and Luberna Wade. So we love the flowers. All right, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, thank you for all that you've done for us, for all that you give to us. Thank you for so many ways in which you've answered our prayers and so many ways in which you have blessed us. There are too many to count. Thank you for being able to lift our voices in song and worship today. And we pray, Lord, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in your sight. God, we lift to you our needs today, and we give to you our burdens. We also give our tithes and offerings, and we pray, Lord, that you would use them as you see fit in your kingdom. Use us as well, Lord, as we yield our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Luke 24, verses 13 through 35 will be our scripture this morning. Words will be up on the screen for you, I believe. You can turn in the pew Bible that you'll find in front of you if you're old-fashioned like that and you want to look in an actual book. And you can follow along on your phone if you're fancy and newfangled like that and you want to follow along on your phone. That's cool. Or you can just listen. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. The story of the walk to Emmaus. The story of the road back to Easter. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while, you're walk, while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked him, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed and before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some, of, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said but they did not see him then he said to them oh how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared was it not necessary that the messiah should suffer these things and enter into his glory then beginning with moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures as they came near the village to which they were going he walked ahead as if he were going on but they urged him strongly saying stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over so he went in to stay with them when he was at the table with them he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them their eyes were open and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sights. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road, while he was opening the scripture to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. Then they told them what had happened on the road. And that how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, let me, let me look at y'all's faces this morning. I'm not sure some of you wore your Easter face to church today. You know, it's been a couple of weeks since Easter. Everybody was all excited about Easter. We had a great, two great services on Easter. And last week, everybody was excited because the kids were singing, but 
you know what, you, you almost look like you got your Monday face on today, I'll say, because sometimes we just kind of feel like we're carrying a heavy load, and sometimes we feel like, um, as the King James Version says, our faces are downcast, are downcast. And sometimes, if we're honest, we, we just feel a little bit disappointed. And I, without coming too close to being heresy, I want to say this. Sometimes we're disappointed in God. You know? Like, God didn't act the way that we thought God wanted, we wanted God to act. And, and when it comes to us and how we feel about God, we kind of pout. Don't we? Or is it just me? I kind of pout, and my disappointment shows up when I say stuff like the travelers on the road to Emmaus said, these four little words, but we had hoped, you know, we had hoped it wasn't going to rain. We had hoped that we would get that promotion and be able to get a bigger house. We had hoped that the surgery was going to go right and take care of everything. We shuffle along and we drag our feet. And whether or not we say it out loud or not to anybody, we're disappointed in God. I know that sounds sacrilegious, but we are. And truth be told, somewhere deep inside of us, we're just saying something like, God, get your act together. How could you, how could you do this to me? And some of it has to do with control. You know, here's the truth. We want it, control that is, and um, we have issues. And here's how I know we have issues. We pray, thy will be done. And yet when things don't go our way, we get all tore up about it. You know, it's, it's really a control issue. It reminds me of several years ago, I mean several years ago, uh, Tammy and I were in the church. We were in a, a young couples class, you know, because the kids were little and, and we were with all the other parents that had little kids. And we, this, how, this tells you how, how far back it was. We were really excited because we had a TV and a new DVD player in our Sunday school classroom. And we thought we were all of it, you know, until we, all of us parents could not figure out how to make the thing work. Ever been there? I couldn't figure. We probably should have gone to the elementary. Where, yeah, the, the booth is raising their hands back there. Um, we probably should have gone to the elementary wing and got our kids to come up and show us, but, but no, we, we were not doing it. And, and just sitting back and watching the dynamic between husbands and wives and the remote control. Yeah, some of you giggling, you know what I'm talking about? See, the men would say, just give me that remote control and give them a remote control. And then they start, and then as soon as the wives gave the husbands the remote control, they would proceed to tell them exactly what buttons to push. Push that, push that. Why, why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? And I'm saying that because this is kind of ironic. The lessons that we were doing was a series called Surrendering to God. And it's only later that I saw the irony of this because here's what we do with God. We hand control of our lives over to God, and then we tell God what buttons to push. Don't we? Yeah. And then when it doesn't go our way, 
we do the mopey face, travelers to Emmaus, we had hoped. We had hoped Jesus was going to be the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped Jesus was going to establish an earthly rule with Jerusalem as the capital and, and have all of the Romans gone by now. We had hoped. And then the women, the strange thing is the women came back and they said that Jesus had raised from the dead. And, you know, they really couldn't get into that message. Well, one, they weren't sure they believed him. And two, Cleopas and his companion were still disappointed that Jesus got killed in the first place. It didn't fit with their plan. It was not the button that they wanted to push. Jesus didn't fit into the box that they wanted him to fit in. And we know that Jesus doesn't fit into our boxes. We should learn that from the empty tomb. From the angels that cried, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Because here's the thing about the Word of God. It's not just words on a page. It's alive. Hebrews 4 tells us it's alive and active. It's alive and active. Um, we can't put it in a box. I was in one of those stores that I can't even remember which one. But it's one that sells all the hunting stuff. And this was, um, they, they had like deer heads mounted I'm sure some of you have deer heads mounted on the walls. And I got to thinking about this. And I got to thinking about how, you know, we kind of like to do the Word of God like that. We'd like to catch it, kill it, mount it, stuff it, and put it on the wall where we know exactly where it is at all times. We've got it figured out, stuffed and mounted right there. Well, what's the Bible? Right there on the wall. But the Word of God is kind of like a real live deer that just pretty much goes where it wants to. You know, like a, a two-edged sword that cuts both ways. And sometimes we end up disappointed. And you know what disappointment with God does? It pushes us out of the stream of joy that God wants for us. It takes away our Easter faces. And gives us a Monday morning face. I believe that God has a stream of joy that he wants us to flow in. Abundant life, joy, trusting him with all of our issues. Not having control issues that cause us to be disappointed with God. But when we get that way, when we, we get bummed out that things didn't go our way. It's like we get pulled out of the stream of joy and we're sitting on the bank and we're pouting. And our faces are downcast. And we are being witnesses. Everything we do, we're being witnesses. We're just not being the right kind of witnesses. Why are you so down in the mouth? Well, things didn't go the way I wanted them to. It's really hard to pray, thy will be done, and to mean it. But that's the only way back into the stream of joy. The only way back to Easter is to intentionally take steps back to Easter. And here's what we learned from Cleopas and his companion that morning. Here are the steps that they took. One is they had fellowship. They were together. 
And when you have somebody that you can talk to and somebody that you're together with and that you're on the journey with, then your heart has a chance to open up. They were talking with each other about the things that happened. Um, they were having dialogue, you know. And I want to encourage you, when, when you're having things go good or bad in your life, even when you're disappointed with God, find somebody you can talk to. Find somebody that, that is, is going to be honest with you, and yet it's still okay to let your hair down. It's still okay to have a bad hair day with them, you know? Find somebody that you can be completely honest with. Maybe go for a walk with them, like these travelers on the road to Emmaus. Go for a walk with them and just let them hear what you have to say. Fellowship is important. Sometimes I think church is guilty of reducing fellowship to having coffee at Hebrews or a covered dish dinner. Um, but fellowship isn't just eating together. It's talking and sharing our feelings. It's being in a safe place to be ourselves where people love you. And when we have true fellowship, our hearts can start to open. And listen, entertain the possibility that it might be us instead of God who has the problem. We might be the, need, need to, we might be the ones that need to change instead of God. So we have fellowship. And here's another thing about fellowship. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. Right? Jesus, just like Jesus came and walked along with these two pilgrims on the road to Emmaus, they didn't realize he was with them, but he was with them. Verse 16 says, they were kept from recognizing him. I've often wondered, what kept them from recognizing Jesus? Maybe they, maybe they were divinely kept from recognizing Jesus. Maybe they were intentionally kept from recognizing Jesus so that Jesus could go all the way back to Moses and go all the way through the prophets and let them help him dig through the truth. Maybe their own lack of faith and vision kept them from recognizing Jesus. Because, you know, our, our vision is sometimes limited to just what we can imagine to be true. They could only imagine Jesus being the king that everybody was expected when he rode into Jerusalem. They couldn't imagine a spiritual kingdom. Sometimes we only see in hindsight that the Lord was there with us all along. You know? Even when we're hurting, even when we're disappointed with God, even when we fail to recognize, he was there all along. Because he's faithful, and he said he would be. So, stepping back to Easter. Step one, fellowship. Step two is service. They had fellowship. Their hearts started to open up. Their attitudes started to change a little bit. And they stopped focusing only on their disappointment. And that led them to being a servant. You see, uh, this is... A very, very important step. If we're really going to see something happen inside of us and for us to be able to be a joyful witness in the community of what God wants us to be. 
And here's where we see it in the story. Verse 28. They were coming into the village. It was getting dark. Jesus was going to just keep on going by. But they urged him strongly, it says in verse 29. They urged him strongly, stay with us. It's about to get dark out here. Come on. Come on, you can stay with us. There's an old hymn that um, was written about this story. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. So that's kind of what they said. Abide with me, the day's almost over. So now they're not just focused on themselves. Now they're focused on offering hospitality to a stranger. And this is so important. If we want to get back into the stream of joy, back on the road to Easter, service, here's what I believe, service is a means of grace. It is an avenue, a pipeline, in which God's grace comes into our lives. And we get changed by serving others. Have you not noticed that? There's an old saying that goes this, it's easier to act our way into a new way of thinking than it is to think our way into a new way of acting. Because sometimes we think, I really don't feel like serving. I'm tired. Let somebody else do it. But maybe we need to serve until we feel like it and then serve because we feel like it. John Wesley used to tell his preachers, preach faith until you have it and then preach it because you have it. Service, offering hospitality to strangers, something simple like that. And then we see the sacraments. I, I believe that the sacraments are another step back to joy. Their eyes were open when Jesus broke the bread. And this wasn't just supper. This was communion. Jesus had come into their house as a stranger. They had shown hospitality, but then Jesus became the host and he took the bread and he gave thanks to God, and he broke it and gave it to them. And in our minds and hearts, we are transported back to the upper room, and we remember the voice of Jesus saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Drink. This is my blood shed for you. And that was the moment that their eyes were opened. It was when they invited Jesus into their home and offered hospitality. They tried to minister to Jesus but Jesus ended up ministering to them and their eyes were open and they finally saw and then in hindsight they were saying you know our hearts were burning as we were walking along and Jesus was talking about the scripture and opening it up to us I just thought it was the bad burrito we had for lunch but it was it was God burning inside of our that was supposed to be funnier than it looks like on y'all's faces when we share the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, it should be a moment of clarity for us. And then the last step to joy is being a witness, going and telling somebody. This was late. Remember, it's already dark. Jerusalem was seven miles the other way. And it says they got up immediately and they ran back. I think they ran back. I know that they were slogging along with their feet, dragging their feet on the way to Emmaus. On the way back to Jerusalem, they were excited. And they found the disciples and their friends and they said, 
it's true. It really, really is true. It really is true. And they used four different words. On the way to Emmaus, they said, but we had hoped. And on the way back to Jerusalem, they said, the Lord is risen. You see, spreading the good news is the final step to joy. So what did you bring with you on the journey this morning? Did you bring a big bag of disappointments? We all have them. Have we forgotten the hallelujahs of Easter already? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Welcome back to Easter. Let's pray. Lord, it's, um, it's not easy to go through life without picking up burdens along the way because we do get disappointed not just with our lives but in the world around us we turn on the news and we get depressed we see what's going on we we sometimes have difficulty managing things in our own lives much less our families much less anything else work and and life and friendship and all of that can sometimes overwhelm us Lord but I do believe that you want Easter joy for our lives abundant life so help us to let go to let go Lord and to trust you in Jesus name we pray Amen with us and let's sing we're going to sing number 526 in the hymnal it's um what a friend we have in jesus i'll bet you probably know all the words to this anyway
bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Well, wasn't that special? <laughs>
So Joe, do we have somebody? Do we have somebody that's going to try to run the 